You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel and I'm so glad you're listening today because on this episode, we're talking about our 28 days of prayer and how the Psalms of the Bible invite us into deeper relationship with our Father in Heaven. I got to talk with Tanner Smith, one of our worship leaders and also our director of prayer ministries and Denise Ward, who teaches Grief Share, Women of the Word and serves on our spiritual formation team. Lots of wisdom and encouragement. Let's listen. Welcome, guys, to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm so glad to just be sitting across the table from both of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. So, uh, Tanner, I just want to start by um, talking about you and your new role here, because you're a worship director, and uh, most people know you um, in that role, but you're also in a new role here, which is, tell me the title, it's Director of Prayer Ministry? I don't don't actually know. I think think that's it. Yeah. Maybe prayer ministry director. Prayer. Most people just call me the prayer guy. The prayer so, guy. Yeah. He's the prayer guy. Okay. So why do we have a prayer guy? <laughs> why is that a role that we have, and um, what does that look like? Yeah. No, that's a good question. Uh, so right after I came on, Bruce kind of approached me about helping uh, fill a hole that he saw when it comes to uh, prayer and prayer ministry. And as I started to do some kind of just research on that and and ask questions to different people and pastors on staff and just kind of examine what was the felt need, um, I think what kind of came up was just helping grow and and establish a culture of prayer. The interesting thing about that is, and this is kind of why I I joke about my title, is because I've had very little to do with it. I mean, I, I had a... I saw a need, but as I've just kind of been sitting back and and uh, talking to different people and praying about it or whatever, like people already started jumping in and creating culture around me. So mm. even though I might have some kind of a title like director, it's really been a team effort of, of all of a sudden like the Holy Spirit through His people has just been building a culture of prayer. So now I'm just kind of mm-hmm. watching it happen. Which is really exciting to it's see exciting. all the things that are happening because um, I do feel like people are excited. Yeah. You know, you're the prayer guy, but everyone is really <laughs> excited about yeah. leaning into a culture of prayer here. Definitely. It's fun to see. Definitely. Yeah. I want us all to be prayer guys yeah. and girls. <laughs> One day. Yeah. So part of that is this 28 days of prayer that we are just uh, sort of beginning right now. So y'all both tell me, what, what, what are we doing? Just give us, what, if people miss Sunday and they haven't yeah. heard yet, what are we doing and how are we doing it? For sure. So we've um, set aside some really cool resources, I think, yeah. that give good guides and make it simple for people to jump in and have a routine of mm-hmm. prayer. Um, so we have a, a, a morning reading through a psalm, and then at midday, praying for our top five, and then the evening, really kind of a, a sweet little time of reflection on your own life. So I think yeah. it's a good balance of um, being in God's Word, thinking about people who we really want to see come to the Lord, and, um, and then just at night, in a safe way, repenting, yeah. confessing. I mean, all those things that just are a natural rhythm of our lives. So I think it's exciting. I think our hope is that people will uh, 
just if they don't already have a habit of prayer, yeah. establish one. Um, take some of the mystery out of prayer. I know sometimes as a group guide, I hear that you know prayer's hard for people, especially praying mm. with others. Yeah. Uh, and that would have been my background. I, I was taught to pray and ask people to pray for me, but I never asked someone to pray with me. Yeah. And so um, I think that's a as we as we read the word, we're really praying with the psalmist and with you know, to God. And yep. so it's just going to be a fun learn, I think. I think we're all going to grow. And so yeah. that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, like she's talking about creating kind of habits and rhythms of those things. I think we want to help people do that in a way that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. I think everybody could say that they've been through seasons in their life where they have prayed more than other at other yeah. times. And typically that happens because of a felt need or desperation. You know, you're in a moment of chaos or stress and you're like, I need to pray. Mm-hmm. And to help develop something that's kind of a, a, a regular part of our life um, and yet an extraordinary part of our life. So even though it's rhythmic, yeah. it's, um, it's not rote, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and then I think as well, kind of specifically with this round of 28 Days of Prayer, and maybe if we do it more in the future, we might sort of uh, focus on different aspects of prayer. But with this one specifically, the hope and the goal is to push back a little bit on the pragmatic aspect of prayer, that it's just about our performance or what we can, how much we can pray or, you know, if, if we can, what we can get accomplished through prayer. And it's really more about just like learning to dwell with the Lord, to enjoy His presence and to spend time to kind of develop intimacy with Him. Um, that is one of the most amazing gifts that we have in our relationship with God and yet kind of an untapped resource. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, the hope. Well, I think that um, what you guys are both saying, you know, talking about a way of life, this rhythm that we have, but also with space for that to not turn into something that's rote or, you know, an achievement or something like that. I I love, I have this card, this 28 Days of Prayer card that um, that y'all handed out at all the services, and that I know this is online too as well. What, yeah. What's the web address? Uh, well, if you go to clearcreek.org and you just click on prayer, it'll take you there. Okay. But if the short link would be prayer28, like clearcreek.org slash prayer28. Okay. Well, I just, I love um, this, this whole rhythm that Denise um, described. Pray through a psalm, pray for your top five, and then the prayer of reflection, because I just think it sets these, um, you know, these sort of, and outline some boundaries for people who don't like, you know, people yeah. don't necessarily yeah. know how to do this, but without making it like, this is exactly what it looks like. There's yeah. a lot of freedom and individuality that happens through this, which is what, which is also what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know, relationship at the core of this. Well, when you say, yeah, people don't know. I mean, I think I don't know how, like I, yeah. there's a, there are a ton of times. And even I think over the last month or two, I've, I've committed even myself, like, man, I want to wake up earlier and spend some more time than normal. Just, just specifically for prayer. And like, it's going to be a while before I'm like, oh, this is, you know, mm-hmm. really natural. Yeah, It's been almost awkward at times. Like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> I've got an hour. Like, I don't really know what to do right now. Your mind wanders. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> and so like developing that, fostering yes. that is, it takes time and, um, and we got to do it together. Yeah. And it's all okay. Like yeah, sometimes, exactly. sometimes those mornings are amazing, and sometimes they're like, "Oh, I don't really even know what I just said." Yeah. But and sometimes your kid comes downstairs halfway through them, and absolutely, you're like, "Oh, 
And now, it's over. Now it's, it's over. over. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's important, though, to say it's all okay. You yes. know, there's no certain posture. There's no certain tone of voice or big yeah. words, big fluffy words that you have to use. Um, I just am reminded as we go through this that... The reason we can pray is because of the gospel, mm-hmm. because right. we are covered in the blood of Jesus and we can mm. walk into the throne room without being afraid we're just going to get annihilated. You mm. know, we Absolutely. get to come boldly into the throne room yeah. and ask for mercy and help. And um, so no matter what we do, because we're covered in the blood of Jesus, it's okay mm-hmm. yeah. that when the Father sees us, He remembers the cross and He hears His Son's voice. Mm. You know? And so I'm like, it's a safe place to be. And um, even then when you get to the end on repentance and, you know, it's, it's a safe thing to ask forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already forgiven. There's no condemnation, but yeah. man, what a good relationship we get to have. Oh, yeah. so. It's really amazing. Yeah. I love that because I think people don't know that they can feel safe. And that really is what the gospel is. Yep. And for people and for me, whenever I'm thinking like, oh, I don't, I, I need to go pray. It's like, this is, this is the, gr- this is the great gift yeah. of what Jesus has given us yes. yeah. is restored relationship with our father, the creator of the universe. I mean, yeah. it's mind it blowing. It's mind boggling. Yeah. yeah. To think that we actually are invited to do that yeah. and it pleases him when we do mm-hmm. you know I re- so. recently I had a, a friend of mine sit on my couch she's like 32 year old guy you know not like not hyper emotional not hyper like anything like that he's really straightforward really kind of a reserved person and he sat on my couch and just said I, I think I, and I've you know he's been a believer for most of his life kind of grew up in the church and he goes I think I've lived most of my life really devoid of the presence of God. Yeah. And I was like, I, I'm there with you. Yeah. Like I, we can do all kinds of spiritual things, you know, just like the Pharisees can. Like we can be about a lot of really great things that help build the kingdom of God and are on mission. And then just be like, yeah, but did I just enjoy him? Mm-hmm. Did I just delight in him? Did I experience his tangible presence with me? Uh, and that's yeah, what I, what I want to see in my own life developed. I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> we've been through a crazy season <laughs> for yeah. many years. And uh, I had a thought the other day of what if life were easy and simple? Would I forget to pray? Mm-hmm. Would yeah. I forget? Because it's, I think when you come through a season where that's your lifeline mm-hmm. is having that intimacy and that connection and knowing you're heard. Uh, knowing you're loved. And um, so it's like when Scripture says to be thankful in all things, I think that's one thing I'm thankful for is not for the crazy that that we've been through, but in it that that has developed. And I hope I I won't lose it. I hope for smoother times, but I don't want to lose that connection. Yeah, Yeah. that's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, so part of what we're doing is reading through a psalm every morning. Yeah. And um, the psalms are... You know, it's the prayer book for all of God's people throughout history. Right. So it's this really, that's one part of it, that we get to do this yep. along with all the saints and all of history, which is another amazing thing to me. Yeah. Um, but it's also all of the Psalms are just full of what y'all are talking about. Yeah. Just thankfulness and worship and honesty and just real relationship and presence of God. Mm-hmm. They depict all of that mm-hmm. just so well. So I love that we're doing it. Yeah. 
I think that it's a little foreign to some people. So I thought what we could do is just sort of walk through different types of songs yeah. today because there are a lot of them and yeah. they're all poetry. They're all poetic mm. and beautiful and artistic, but there are really different types. Sure. And depending on who you talk to, there's like, there's a lot of types, but we're going to talk about five today and uh, just like read some and just talk about what that means for us in our own prayer life yeah. and what that gives to us. I love it. Okay. It's interesting that before we start that there are, you've picked out five um, different types of them because at first glance, the book of Psalms just kind of seems like a conglomeration, like a, a bucket with all these yeah. poems and prayers thrown in. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you like break down the structure mm-hmm. of the book of Psalms, five is like a pretty important number. So the, yeah. the last five Psalms, uh, are these psalms of Hallel or like these hallelujah praise psalms, which is sort of a, a conclusion of five different books mm-hmm. within psalms. So you'll see like in chapter three, it's like book one and and they're all broken up into different books. Uh, and so this, just even the way that it's laid out, the flow of it, the structure of it is really intentional. Uh, and that can be missed when you just kind of are picking one at random or, you know, or even yeah. just reading through sometimes without thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, that to me is one of like the most beautiful things about scripture yeah. is that it is not random yeah. ever. It's always intentional. And, and with every single thing from the pattern to the structure, to the words that are there, For sure. it, it means something. It, it's, it's a gift to us mm-hmm. and it isn't random. And these people were geniuses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Su- I mean, it's yeah, a super. supernatural book. <laughs> And you can just see that in every part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know if you, I think just for people who are listening, if you're interested in just taking like a deep dive into Psalms, I think it is worth it. Yes. Because they're good for our soul just to read through, but there is just a story in the book of Psalms itself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really amazing to see. Well, one of the reasons that the book is so applicable to us is because it was um, assembled, you know, all these prayers from different people um, were assembled really for exilic uh, people, the people of Israel that were in mm-hmm. exile, like they had lost their place of worship, yeah. you know, with the temple it being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And the Psalms became their new temple, their new place that they could go and experience the presence of God mm-hmm. uh, in prayer when they were apart from their, you know, yeah. the, the intimacy that they had once experienced. And I think in the church age, like we look ahead to this day that will dwell with God mm-hmm you know, in the new heaven, the new earth, but like we're in this kind of already not yet moment where we yeah. do have access to God's presence and yet it it sometimes can feel distant. Like, yeah, but I just want to see you. I just want to, mm-hmm. you know, tangibly touch and feel. And the Psalms can be for us what they were for those mm-hmm. exilic is- Israelites that we can be like, mm-hmm. even in our state of quote unquote, you know, exile, um, we can experience the presence mm-hmm. of God. So. I think it's amazing, too, that so many of them use the word I, and they're, they seem personal, but this was their songbook. This right. was their prayer book. They did this together. Yeah. And so just a good reminder that we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Totally. We're yes. saved into a family, and uh, I can't imagine us singing these together. Some of our songs have pieces yeah. of yes, them in do. them, but um, these are these are pretty, some of them are pretty raw. Yeah. They are, yeah. I know <laughs> the fact intense. that they use all these in their liturgy, I mean, this is yeah. what they did yes. um, for different aspects of their life too. Mm-hmm. I mean, their songs of ascent when they're, yeah. you know, walking, you know, up to the mountain into Jerusalem. Yeah. And I mean, for pilgrims, I mean, it's really incredible mm-hmm. what all of, what this did for them and yeah. stayed so supremely personal yes. and relational in the midst of yes. that. 
which again is what you guys are talking about. We want to mm-hmm. have both. We want to have rhythms that are yeah. real. Yeah. Right. You know, that are relational too. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's, let's take a yeah, dive let's into, let's talk first about Psalms of worship. Mm. So there are these different categories of Psalms. Um, I don't want people to be confused because in all of them, there's praise and worship. You know, yeah. a lot of the times it's mixed up, but there are Psalms that are specifically uh, sort of for worship. So I'm just going to read just a little section of a Psalm 139. Okay. And then we're going to talk about Psalms of worship. So where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I send heaven, you're there. If I make my bed and shield, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for the darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Mm. So why is worship essential for prayer? It's hmm. a good question. So I, I, when I read those words and really the words of this whole chapter, uh-huh. um, I think about putting kind of God in his rightful place in my mm. own heart and mind and then putting me in my, my own rightful mm, place. Yeah. And that's one of the things that worship does, right? It kind of reorders our priorities in terms of uh, that we're not the center of um, uh, the solar system. You know, we're not the center of (laughs) of all of creation's attention, that that is God's place. And yet this beautiful stream that runs through Psalm 139 is that God is this omnipotent, um, omnipresent, uh, omniscient God, right? He He knows where we are at all times. He knows everything about us. He's in complete control of our circumstances and our surroundings. Mm-hmm. And yet he's acquainted with all of our ways. Yeah. Like he sees the depths of our heart and he's interested in us. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not because, you know, we're so important, but it is because we are important to him, yeah. which is what makes us, you know, gives us value and gives us life. And so I think just reading that for me, it's it's praise to God, it's worship to God, it's ad, admiration for His power and His might. But then it also is this humility to say, uh, "But uh, I, I'm valued by You, I'm loved by You," and that that changes things for my own heart, you know, for my life. It's really amazing to me that that this whole. I have a friend who says when she goes to the mountains, she's resized. Yeah, and that's what this makes me think of because that's exactly what it is. It's it's yeah. remembering who God is mm-hmm. and who we are, and so we worship Him. But the fact that that really lends itself to invitation, yeah, and to intimacy is is just astounding. Yes. Right, and that is what happens in that psalm. Yeah, yeah. you're saying it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think also though we we remember that He wants it. He mm. wants us to worship Him. Yeah. He desires it. It delights Him, and that. I love the thought that the things we do bring him pleasure and uh, delight. And like Tanner said, it affirms who he is. It mm-hmm. affirms his power, his presence. It affirms grace. So yes. I like. I think it's just the place to start before we ever bring anything of request to him, remembering who he is and how mm-hmm. big he is and um, where our place is with him mm-hmm. yeah. is the right place to start. Yeah. So. Well, then it sort of requires something of us. So like at the end, verses 23 and 24 say, Search me, O God, know my heart. Mm -hmm. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm 
So when we worship God, we get this right understanding and view of who he is and what he's done for us, the way that through the gospel he's reached out to us and invited us into relationship. Our response then is like, okay, so search me, you know? Mm -hmm. So help me, help weed through the stuff that's in my life that doesn't please you. Um, the things I wrestle with and struggle with and, and lead me in your right path. Like, I want to follow you. I want to be right with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid. Yeah. I want to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. too good. Okay, well, let's, let's, um, let's read one that's a Thanksgiving psalm okay. because these two, I think, are really intimately connected. So this yeah. is from Psalm 100. I'm going to start just in verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever mm-hmm. and his faithfulness to all generations. So what's the difference between yeah. worship and thanksgiving? How, how do those two things work together? Mm. Uh, uh, even though Psalm 139 is a good example of, of making worship personal, I think sometimes uh, just describing to God His worth can can feel impersonal to us. We have to remember of the way that He, in His power and His grace and His love, interact with us. And Thanksgiving is <clears throat> recognizing the gifts that are in front of us that are from His hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was eating lunch with Ryan Leighton uh, a few weeks ago, and did I have prayed. Uh, mealtime prayers my whole life, you know? And he prays over our food and says something like, we recognize that the food we're about to eat like comes from your hand. And that just like hit me. It kind of like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, is that what my kids think that prayer before a meal is? As opposed to like, bless this food to nourish our bodies. Like, yeah, yeah right when we're eating McDonald's. But, <laughs> um, but this idea of like, I recognize that the things I have in front of me are gifts from you. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. That that does something to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there is a blend, though, because when we worship, we're thankful for those things. Right. We're thankful for Him and who He is. But then it, it's personal. Yeah. It's like when we're thankful, when prayers of thanksgiving are recognizing that He's the giver and we're the receiver mm-hmm. and that we've mm-hmm. really done nothing on our account to to merit those things right. and um, and then just to say thank you and mm-hmm. then to recognize that every good gift comes from him um, so yeah. I think it's just there's they they do blend to me mm-hmm. um, but it's I think it's just another way of acknowledging that he's the creator he's the giver um, and we're the receiver hopefully yeah. gracious receivers I think it's also good to name the things in your life that you're thankful for some people actually, mm-hmm. Uh, Sherry McCormick, uh, who is on our staff, does um, go go uh, like lo- go local activities and different things like that. She also leads the prayer team at our 528 campus. Um, but she was talking about how she just has a practice of writing those things mm-hmm. out, uh, her, her sort of the things that she's grateful for. And that's got to do something to even your own sense of entitlement mm-hmm. or your sense of... Um, greed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I I often find myself in the state of man. Look what that person has. Like, look at their their house is remodeled. Like, yeah. <laughs> mine's nowhere close. I've yeah. got a long way to go on it. Or like, man, oh that. Just different things where I'm I'm comparing my own life to someone else's, um, which is silly to do. First of all, because you know uh, we live in like the 
you know, one per, top right. 1% or 2% of wealth in the world. Um, and so any comparison to someone else is like, well, if you compare yourself to the rest of the world, we are com- so wealthy and rich. Nice. But, but just the recognition of like, man, I have, uh, uh, I have food on my table. I have a roof over my head. You know, it's raining this morning. I have protection from a storm. Like naming those things gives mm-hmm. us a sense of uh, humility, even with the things that we have been given and the things that we, we often want, mm-hmm. but we don't really need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually love, you know, talking about like your kids praying before meals. I mean, I think that kids are actually really good at this. Yeah. You know, just saying thank you for this and thank you for that and thank you for this and thank you for this toy and thank you for that bug and thank you for the rain. And you're like, okay, I want to eat my McDonald's now. (laughs) But um, it's that's how we should be all the time. Because like you're saying, every single thing comes from his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's like, and what another thing I think is interesting is like talking about uh, how good gratitude is, you know, mm-hmm. for the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just like look around in culture, you see that everywhere. Like there's gratitude journals yeah. and it's not just within the church, right. but you're like, yeah, that's because like, this is part of prayer and worship. Like all these things that God calls us to like are good for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just that that in the church, like we're, it's like directed the right way. We give him credit to God. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you grateful for? If not to the one who gave you everything Mm -hmm. that you have. I had a new of a girl that um, was seriously considering leaving her husband. She was very unhappy in her marriage. And um, an older woman in our life said for 30 days, I want you to write down something you're grateful for about him, even if it's just that he took out the trash today mm-hmm. or he fed the dog or whatever. And literally her marriage was healed or toward, wow. moving towards healing at the end of 30 days because she just changed her focus mm, rather than amazing. seeing everything he did wrong. What am I grateful for? And so wow. it does. It, just being grateful changes our hearts, softens. Mm-hmm. It's another way to reorient orient ourselves. Yeah. Like we're saying, like, so if worship is sort of reorienting us to who God is, and then Thanksgiving re- reorients us to everything He's done for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all the, all the good gifts He's given us. Yeah. Absolutely. Which just changes us. So I think um, you're right that these all, all bleed together. And even so, another um, type of psalm that we want to talk through is lament. And even in lament, you know, there is thanksgiving and worship even in the midst of all these which you know denise you were just talking about so let me just read a section and then we can talk through why there are prayers of lament even Mm. in the bible so this is from psalm 6 i'm gonna start on verse 6 psalm 6 6 i am weary with my moaning every night i flood my bed with tears i drench my couch with my weeping my eyes waste away because of grief it grows weak because of all my foes Depart from me, you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. Mm. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. Go ahead. I just, I have come to love laments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sharing with y'all earlier, uh, Dave and I leave, lead a grief share class, and last night there was a woman who suddenly lost her husband, um, has three kids that she's raising, and she said, wow. sometimes my prayers aren't pretty. Mm-hmm. They're they're angry. They're, you know, and I'm like, so we, we talk about laments a lot that they're really an act of faith mm-hmm. because you wouldn't cry out to God if you didn't think He could help you. Yeah. So, but, um, that. and that more than a third of the book of Psalms are laments. There's yeah. things in there. So these people, 
uh, we're honest with God, and it's yeah. okay. And I really have come to see a um, one of my favorite new books is called When the Stars Disappear. And it, the author um, talks about that there's a rhythm of, like, if you're about to panic, just breathe. And so his breathe is, he's really talking about laments. He says, you, you inhale just scripture, something mm-hmm. that God is going to give you that reminds you of who He is, His yeah. faithfulness. And then when you exhale, you exhale out your lament. Mm. You cry out to Him. You, We don't curse Him, yeah. but you can be very honest and say, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm a faithful follower of yours. Why has this happening to mm-hmm. me? Because I think in America, I always blame it on America, we have <laughs> this idea that if we go to church, if we tithe, if we pray, if yeah. we do these things, then God's going to kind of leave us alone. Alone and we're going to have yeah. a happy, easy life. And that's a lie. Yeah. That's not true. And just open Psalms and you'll see that it's not true. But um, And so you can just exhale it to Him. Yeah. But then you breathe back in His faithfulness. And just as a reminder of all the good things He's done in your life and others' lives. And man, when I read the Psalms, I see, you know, when He saved them through the Red Sea, mm-hmm. when He, and those kind of things. Help me. It's like you're the same God now that you were then. And if they could trust you, I'm going to trust you. You know, I don't have chariots chasing me, but, um, you know, I've got some troubles. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to, you're the, you're a big God and you love me. And so I love laments. I think there's great freedom in them. And, um, I think we shouldn't have to have nice, pretty prayers. I think we can be honest with God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we love ha- a happy ending. You know, every Disney movie, yeah. um, most uh, most storybooks, and um, every real narrative that we cherish often mm-hmm. ends with some kind of like positive turn. Mm-hmm. And we know our gospel story ends with a positive turn of God making all things right. That's where we get that inward desire for yeah. for that is because God's put that in us. Um, but in the here and now, there there aren't always those positive turns, those happy endings to our stories. I mean, I think anybody, if you ask them, you know, in their prayer life, if they've had things that they've prayed for that God has not answered, mm-hmm. uh, then they would tell you, yeah, and I still don't understand it. You know, mm-hmm. I begged God to heal this person in my life, yeah. or I begged God... Um, for for a relationship to be restored, or I I begged God for you know him not to let me lose my job, and then like if if God doesn't answer those things, we ascribe to, then to God that He's unfaithful. Yeah, and there's so much to that. There's a a bigger picture that God's working out, and all those different things. But in those moments, the felt need for us to take that and just be like, well, you know, let's put a nice polishing positive spin on that it is not always helpful for people. Mm-hmm. It's not always formative for their relationship with God right. to just kind of press that down and cover it up with flowers and say, well, I'm sure God's got, you know, well, God's got a plan. Not that there's anything wrong with saying God's got a plan because it's good for us to recognize that. But how many times do we in the middle of a, of a real hardship that we feel deeply yeah. just cover it up with a God's got a plan. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. And... Um, I think about Psalm 22, mm-hmm. uh, this prayer, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a prayer mm-hmm. from the moment that David wrote it. Thousands of people used it as their own lament prayer. Yeah. And then Jesus himself used it on the cross, yeah. prayed the same prayer. 
And um, the interesting thing about that prayer is that while there is a resolve at the end, you can tell in the way that it's written that that didn't happen at the same time. It's almost like he prayed this prayer of, you know, my, my, I can count on my bones and I'm dried up and I'm like yeah. a potsherd and I'm, dogs are en- encompassing me and all this different stuff. And then he's like, you know, in verse 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I'll praise you. And he's now celebrating this deliverance. I don't think that was all of a sudden just like, oh, I, f- I feel better now. That was probably written later and then put back together with that prayer for him to look at and say, I I see a moment where I felt completely forsaken and abandoned by God. Um, But I also, another stage of my life, maybe it was near, maybe it was far in the future, have experienced God's um, deliverance. And I'm going to put those two things together, balancing both the recognition of I can walk through extreme sorrow and I can also rejoice in you know, when God Mm -hmm. delivers me. Yeah. I think that that is, um, so unique to our faith Mm. is, um, this, this recognition of the reality of brokenness and, and harm and sin and suffering. Um, and at the same time resting in hope because hope isn't the same thing as a happy ending. Right. It's, it's really not. Right. I mean, ho- our hope rests in the, the ultimate happy ending, which it's, it's going to be, um, we don't know when that's coming. Yeah. But, but because of the worship and the thanksgiving, because of who God is and what he's done, that's why we can lament. Yeah. And then we can have this true hope, yeah. which is completely different than saying everything's fine right, right now. Right. It's not fine. Right. It's broken and it stinks a lot of the time, but we also have hope. And it's like you're saying, I think you describe, you know, lament Psalms so well, Yeah. you know, breathing out the lament and breathing in his faithfulness, mm-hmm. because that's exactly, I think you see that. Yeah. Even Psalm 22, you, you see that, yeah. which is really what Jesus is doing. Yeah. And there's a point, there's a turn, a point where you say, I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't understand. I'm going to trust you. And you know, but as y'all are talking, I'm thinking, but it's so important that we keep good doctrine, good truth mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. mind because it's things don't always turn out right. And yeah. that doesn't mean that we didn't pray enough or have enough faith or that God didn't right. love us or something like that. And so it's like, it's the truth. It's just, you know. Yes. And we have to recognize the purpose of pain as well. Mm-hmm. That is a... Uh, you know, Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Mm-hmm. There, the, the pain and suffering are not antithetical to um, hope and joy and the gospel. Like, they're very much a part of it. And they're very much the way in which not only we feel God's nearness, yeah. but also the way that God interacts with us. You know, we're told in Hebrews that we have a high priest who... Let's just think mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, that he... He can sympathize with our weakness, yes. and and not yeah. just that he can empathize or be like, "Oh, I'm sure that hurts. I'm I'm around if you need me," yeah. but that he is literally walking through those things with yes. us. I think about a line from a John Mark McMillan song that says, "I don't have the answer for heartbreak and cancer, but a Savior who suffers them with me." Mm-hmm. And I hold on to that. You know that there is purpose in the pain, and yeah. the pain is not wasted. Purpose and presence. Yeah. 
Um, and one more thing about Psalm 22 that I, I've, I've been thinking about is uh, there's this line, um, fr- from you com- comes my praise in the great congregation, my vows I will perform before those who fear him. And just thinking about the Old Testament idea of vows and sa- sacrifices, like essentially, if I'm understanding this correctly, David's saying that when he's experiencing God's deliverance, that he's, he's offering a sacrifice and throwing a party in a great assembly, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like it, it takes the lament types of prayers found in the Psalms and doesn't just make them a personal crying out to God, but makes them a, a community practice. So the implication here in him saying, I've invited people to celebrate God's deliverance is that he's also invited people into his grief. Mm-hmm. And I think the vulnerability that we can have as the people of God to, to, to walk through our laments in community, even though there are those moments of quiet crying out to God alone yeah. in solitude, but the, inviting people into those moments as well also necessitates inviting people into our celebration when we do experience the deliverance of God uh, to throw a party. Like when was the last time we had a barbecue because God answered one of our prayers, you know? Yeah. Yep. Paul says the more we let people pray for us, the more he will glorify God when we see, you know, his Mm. help. Mm. And yeah, I, uh, I think sometimes grief and suffering can be a very lonely place to be, and it's humbling to let other people into that space with you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's fearful um, that they can't be trusted. There's you know now truths and later truths, and so to say, yeah. uh, one of these ladies last night was saying her mother's a pastor, and she said, she always tells me, just pray about it. And she goes, <laughs> sometimes I need to hear something other than let's pray about it. Yeah, but uh, the truth is, let's pray about it. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So That's it awesome. is good to have community around us. We would not have survived the last few years without people who love God and love yeah. us. Well, you were saying earlier that you you don't you're not grateful for the suffering of the past right. few years, but that in the midst of it, you know, you you wouldn't you don't want to lose what you what you did yeah. gain right. in that. Yeah. What's the verse? Is it in Job where he says, I knew you, but now I've, or I've heard of you, now I know you, and that's how I feel. It's Mm, like when you walk through, and it's like, that's what we hope for people when they Mm -hmm. open their scripture and they see Christ and they allow him into those places in their life and really develop an intimacy with them. It's not just coming to church. It's not just doing Bible study. It's knowing the one who has yeah. saved you mm-hmm. and who lives in you, yeah. you know. So just the, I think that's exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. It's not enough for us to hear about who God is and what He's done for us. We yeah. have to see Him and hear that from Him. And mm-hmm. I think those things happen oftentimes in prayer. Yeah. And so what what we want is relationship with God, mm-hmm. and um, and one of the beautiful things about the Psalms, which we've alluded to and talked about, is that. They're not necessarily doctrine. Yeah. So whenever we whenever we dive into these psalms, we don't want people because you were saying like truth is important, doctrine is important, mm-hmm. but we don't want people to think that necessarily whatever they read is like the doctrine of of the church. Yeah. You know, because this is poetry, this is honesty. Right. You know, that's like it's a different genre than if you're reading uh, the law or something like that. So yeah. that's important to keep in mind, and I think that's true in lament. 
And then that's also true whenever we look at this next category, which is imprecatory psalms, which just means um, asking God to curse your enemies, asking (laughs) for judgment. Yeah, for vengeance. (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to read just one section. I might just make it shorter because it's intense. Uh, And then let's let's talk through that. Let's feel the full weight of it. (laughs) This is from Psalm 69. I'm going to start on verse 16. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to my soul, redeem me, ransom me because of my enemies. You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor, and my foes are all known to you. Reproaches have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I look for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink." Let their own table before them become a, smare, become a snare. And when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and make their loins tremble continually. Oof. That's so, tough. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. So let's I mean, talk- those are the types of prayers I pray every day, so I don't know about <laughs> yeah, you Yeah, you're like, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, it's weird about that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so why, why do we have prayers like this? Uh, what can this teach us? Because this is a different historical context. Yeah. Again, this is this is poetry and song, and so it has different rules for how mm. we read them. Um, but why are they there, and how can we, you know, pray these psalms as people of the church? Yeah. So y'all can correct me here, but I see it as God's just, and yeah. there's something in us that wants Him to be just and wants Him to take out evil. Mm. And you know, I think about. The, when, as we've been studying Revelation, you know, the prayers of the saints. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. deal with this, mm-hmm. you know, and he does, or he yeah. will. And so um, it also keeps me from wanting to take vengeance myself. Right. It'll let God take care of that. Yeah, so. Man, that's great. I think just the nature of anger is that sometimes we, we want things for others that we wouldn't want for ourselves as well. You know, when I'm angry, I... At someone, I want them to uphold a certain standard of justice that I don't necessarily uh, uphold myself to. For me, I want grace and mercy when I'm in Mm -hmm. my moments of wrongdoing and wrong thinking. But for others, especially if you see something in them that is reflective of something in you that you do not like, you're like, man, I want them to like get what they deserve. And... I think the beauty of imprecatory psalms and even prayers that we pray that are of that nature from time to time is that you're not, you're not polishing up your prayers before God. Mm-hmm. Because that's, um, that's not true of much of any close relationship that we have. Yeah. I can think of plenty of conversations I've had with my wife that I didn't polish up beforehand. Probably should have, but... Um, I came to her in, in, a, in, in raw moments and said, this is how I'm feeling right now. Right or wrong, like I need to express it. I need to get it off my chest because it's, it's overcoming me. Mm-hmm. And so for us not to do the same thing with God would be not an intimate relationship at all. It would be a, a professional relationship, you know, where we viewed God as someone that, well, before I come to you, I kind of need to sort this stuff yeah. out with myself. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the invitation. Mm. Yeah. I think what both of you guys are saying is really important. And like those, th- like those things together are really what, what makes imprecatory psalms good for our souls is yeah. the honesty. Because again, this is poetry and songs and it's, it's just an outpouring of really what's happening in their hearts. Yeah. 
And at the same time, judgment is good. Yes. Yeah. It is. I was thinking the same thing about Revelation. That is what they were crying out for. Where is your wrath? Mm-hmm. Because evil is real. And because of who God is, we trust you with it, right. which is, it's not saying I'm going to go do this, but God, <laughs> yeah. you take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always goes back to trust and hope and who God is. Also, some of the language of imprecatory Psalms can be a bit foreign to us because it's militant mm-hmm. and we're, and we've been in for a while, sort of more of a, a peaceful mm-hmm. state in our country. But if you think about other aspects of yeah. where countries are at right now with uh, war happening literally overseas, um, it would not be so far off if we were experiencing that to say, God, get them, stop yes. them. Right. You know, like I think that would be a pretty natural response of us. So yeah. even though we might have trouble maybe reading mm-hmm. or praying through an imprecatory psalm because we're like, well, I don't, I don't have twelve thousand foot soldiers on my heels going through the mountains. Um, the the principles there are, are applicable to a lot of different aspects. Mm-hmm. I would say. The, the same thing that Jesus told us, hey, don't, don't curse those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Mm-hmm. you know, provide a glass of water to somebody that you would consider your enemy. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not first identifying them as an enemy. I mean, that, right. that mm-hmm. is true. Yeah, right. and because we trust that he is going to make all things right. Yeah. Yes. You know, we, we trust in him to do that for us. Yes. Which I think is what the Israelites really were doing too. It's mm-hmm. just the language is... Hard to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But then again, you know, I pray that about my neighbor just the other day. Yeah. I'm just kidding. My neighbors are great. If you're like watching you, this, I love you. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about one more before um, before we have to stop. Um, there are also psalms that are royal psalms. These are psalms where um, the Israelites are longing and hoping for a promised Messiah. And so let me read. This is from Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion, your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power and holy garments from the womb of the morning, the dew of your mouth, the dew of your youth will be yours. Mm -hmm. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. From Psalm 1. 10. So when the Israelites are praying these Psalms, they're looking, Mm. you know, and we have seen and we know. So, so how does this, how do these Royal Psalms, how do we pray them? And how does knowing the Messiah change how we pray? Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, Jesus disciples approached him and said, would you teach us how to pray? And they, they knew how to pray the Psalms. That would have been a regular practice of most of them, I would say. Um, they saw people all around them praying. They had rhythms of prayer like we are doing for the next 28 days, like three times a day. They, they were acquainted with that. But there was something unique about Jesus' prayers that caused them to ask him, teach us to pray how you pray. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus proceeds to teach them a, a, a method of prayer that, they hadn't necessarily experienced or maybe missed out on, even though I do think it's in the Psalms, but that is a prayer for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And um, I think it's, it's the same prayer that maybe they missed a little bit to some degree within the Psalms, but looking towards the messianic reign of Jesus is a prayer asking for his kingdom 
to, to come and his will to be done in our circumstances as it is in heaven. And even the rest of that prayer, it, you know, it, it can come off to us reading a prayer like, uh, you know, give us this day our daily bread as just like, hey, I, I want to have uh, the things I need. Like, I'd like lunch today. Um, that would be good. But really, every aspect of the Lord's Prayer that I'm referring to um, is a recognition of God's kingdom at work in our present reality. And I think it's no different in the book of Psalms. Yeah, and I think we need a king. We want a king. We want, I want a king. I want, uh, I've been accused of being a rebel, um, but I'm really not. <laughs> I want to align. I want to, um, I want to live under a king that um, brings order out of chaos. Mm. I look forward to that day, you know. And so I think um, there's something in in me and maybe in us that, that needs to know there's a sovereign, that needs yeah. to know um, he will rule. Mm. And uh, when things seem so out of... Um, out of order, that he's going to bring it back into order. So I think looking forward to a king just as they would have, mm-hmm. looking forward to Jesus, he's going to come and make all this right, get us out of slavery, yeah. establish a new government, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. So I think we need that. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking, like you say, at the world right now, I mean, there's a lot of crazy. Yeah, and come on, I Jesus. look forward to um, peace and order and... Uh, yeah purpose, continued purpose, but, you know, just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I want a king. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I love how the Psalms speak to our emotions and how we, you know, still are in the world in the same way. And we can understand that. Um, And yet we have this, like, but we also have this greater glimpse, you know, our hope is we we are sure of our hope and we we know he's returning and we know what the savior looks like yeah. mm-hmm. and we, you know, we're in his presence all the time. So it's like, we still get it. We're in this, you know, already not yet yeah. where we're longing yes. for his return, you know, but we also know who he is and we, we know him. And I think there's something about praying through one of those types of Psalms that, um, you know, we we're talking early about earlier about reorienting our hearts. And I think it reminds us of our identities mm-hmm. as citizens of his kingdom. When mm-hmm. we're praying and, uh, through a psalm like that and thinking about the kingly reign of Jesus, that then necessitates, or where am I at in that relationship? You know, I'm, I'm a citizen in his kingdom. I, I, because I'm a citizen in his kingdom, yeah, I want to listen to you. I want to be obedient to you. I want to walk out and live out the principles of your kingdom with my neighbors and mm-hmm. with my family and with, you know, the things I do at work. Like, that is a complete... Um, re-identifying with the kingdom of God as a citizen mm-hmm. of his kingdom. He really is a king. Yeah, really, truly is. That's yeah. not just like figurative language <laughs> right. that we use. It's, yes. it's a real king and a real kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've started using that language with my kids as opposed to like uh, the language of heaven or things like that because I don't know ultimately that mm-hmm. it's as helpful. So I say, yeah, when Jesus, you know, he comes back and starts sets up his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And the language actually isn't that foreign to them because of Disney movies, they're oh. like, all right, right on. Like, we're, <laughs> yeah, I'm they like, get it. no, you, you really are a princess. <laughs> like, right. you yeah. know, my daughter's twirling around in a princess dress. I'm like, no, you really are. Like, yeah. if, if you're a follower of Jesus and your father is the king, your heavenly father is a king, you are a princess. And that means that changes the way that you live your life. So I hope at some point as they grow, that transitions from 
fairy tale language and they can realize that that's, that's yeah. it's real. Right, yes. Yeah, all the responsibilities that come with that too. Yeah. Yes, real. and it's like, yes, we're privileged to be a part of that kingdom, but we want a whole bunch more to come with us, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and so we want to be missionaries Definitely. and tell them the truth and help them to know the king. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. 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 Well, um, we're almost done, but I want to ask you guys one more question. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as we as we walk through these 28 days, um, you talked about the hope for our church, mm-hmm. but just for yourselves, what, what's your, what's your personal hope over these 28 days of prayer? What do you hope God does in your life through this? I just think to continually let me know him yeah, and, uh, to gently let me know myself <laughs> mm. so that I can just continue to align to him. Uh, I know he's not done with me. Um, so I, I continually feel like I'm the oldest person in the room these days. and But the flip side of that is I still feel like I've, I've got a lot mm. I want to do. Mm. And um, I just really pray that he will use me till the day I take yeah. my last breath and uh, that he lets me be in people's lives and um, whatever that looks like. You know, so that's my prayer is I would just continue to know him more so that I can help others love him more. Yeah. So uh, I don't I've climbed the corporate ladder. I don't need to do that anymore. This makes me want to get up in the morning. Mm. So I hope I keep to get get to keep doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. But Gosh, you're such you you inspire me so much. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, oh no. <laughs> I I think yeah, especially hearing that, my my desire for myself is uh I, I want to I wanna wake up and have a conversation with God as a father and as a friend and as a king mm. that is unlike any other conversation I'll have for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want throughout my day to have a relationship with him where I am in awe and wonder of his presence. And I want to have a listening relationship with God where I'm not just asking him for stuff, but I'm, I'm asking him questions and he's answering how he's working in the world around me and how I can be a part of that. Um, and I just want to experience God's tangible presence in a way that changes me because I I want to reflect Jesus to my wife and my kids in a way that um, I, I don't always, I don't currently and I think the only way to, to do that, it's like when you meet somebody and you're like, man, I want to be like them, they're kind that's what I'm saying about you being inspiring, like your kindness, your sincerity and that's how I feel about Jesus and, and the only way really for me to be like him is to be with him mm-hmm. so that's my hope mm-hmm. Yeah, to to know God, to be truly known by God, to be part of His mission, and ultimately to be like Him. Yeah. I mean, I think that's our all of our prayer for our whole church, not just for 28 days, but hopefully that is, you know, catalytic just as a way of life for us and for everyone. So yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm really grateful for both of you. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you.